You're listening to Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. GMAD. Don is a pastor with 40 years experience. And Alex is just as curious as you are. We look at the most important and interesting questions about the Bible and Christian faith. So let's talk about it. Pastor Don. Good morning, Alex. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, hope everyone enjoyed the last episode that we did last week. Uh, some uh, aliens and again, yeah. If you know any, if you know any aliens, we'd like to know them too. Bring us your alien <laughs> bodies. We would like to see the evidence. Um, <laughs> Bigfoot, um, giant sea monsters. That'd be great. There you go. Um, we got a question. Kurt Wise sent in. Mm, yeah. Dear Kurt, God yes. bless you, brother. We love you. Um, we'll, we'll see if we still love you after the question. Oh, <laughs> for real, though. Um, we'd love to hear some expansion on women in leadership. What are the roles for women and men in the church? If we are not at the point, how do we get there? What if a woman close to you, mother, daughter, sister, wife, etc., feels called into formal leadership, say a pastoral position? Well... When we go to Paul's writings and Peter's writing, uh, there seems to be an order that the man is to be the head of the household. Okay. And uh, with respect to that, then we also probably knowingly or unknowingly transfer that into the church as well. Mm-hmm. We know that there are couples who serve together. Okay. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla was the girl, and mm-hmm. Aquila was the husband. And we know they serve together with Paul. Yep. So we can't exclude totally that women can be in leadership in the church. Right. That doesn't wash with Scripture. Uh, we also know that Paul uh, greeted women and the leadership they were doing in, in Romans chapter, uh, the last chapter, as he uh, signs off on the Romans. So... While Paul is saying there's a certain order to things, he's also saying that women are part of that order, so it's not exclusive. But it seems to be an allusion to the fact that there's to be a headship by men and an inclusion of women. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this working together, I think, is uh, probably more uh, indicating of Let's let's make sure there's an order to things. I mean, that was sort of Paul's thing. He was right. maybe not OCD, but close, sure. and, and and wanted an order to things. Uh, but it did include women in, in leadership. Yeah. Now, were they preaching at a in a pulpit? Likely, I've heard some very eloquent women ministers. Yeah, uh, but probably under the oversight of uh, men. Okay, in that ministry. And I, I, I guess I would, I, I think what we're trying to superimpose, and it bothers me a little bit, is the uh, uh, sexual revolution of the '80s and '90s and uh, feminist theology okay. that would uh, call for equality. And what's interesting is that equality eventually uh, started to erode into what we have today in uh, gender roles and actually gender itself. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to respect that God created men and he created women and we should be joining forces to get God's kingdom work done. Sure. Uh, with a certain understanding of roles 
and that the that okay guys guys we've got to man up and and take responsibility for what's happening not only in our homes which is primary but also what's happening in the church mm-hmm. uh, I think men for some strange reason have given up on the church a lot of men have given up on the church just you know there's a lot more fun things to do yeah. than go to church but the spiritual health of their families I think God is God is going to call men to account for the spiritual health in their families. I think God's going to call men to account for the spiritual health of the church. And where we've defaulted and sort of said, well, if she's got the energy to do it, let's let her do it. Uh, I, I think that's going to fall back on us as men. Okay. Is that Henri? I don't know. I'm trying to... Let's, okay. So let's just do some, you know, very simple questions here and then we'll give your address out so they can send all of the hate (laughs) mail. Um, Women, uh, should they be pastors? They can be pastors under another, uh, another bishop or somebody who's going to oversee their work. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Wasn't um, Romans. What was her? uh, uh, It was the lady and friends. Uh, Phoebe, wasn't she a deacon? Mm-hmm. I guess so. She would be under leadership mm-hmm. too, wouldn't she? Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, can they, you know, judge on matters, rule on certain things, have authority over men within the church? Uh, within a certain realm, yes. What do you mean by a certain? Well, realm? okay, they wouldn't have authority over their whoever's their head. Okay like the the bishop or the presbyteros above them okay but uh uh, the guys in their parish individual parish they would have some authority over okay i mean i feel it seems like you know let's let's use the catholic church as an example because everyone can kind of understand the hierarchy there now couldn't every priest it couldn't priests and deacons and bishops couldn't they all be women since they're all serving under the pope if you use that eschatological order, okay, yeah. okay. See, this is just—it's. This is seeming to be kind of one of those things um, where where we want to make an explanation for something, but we're using it as a I don't know, like a tool, or it's it's perceived as a weapon. To say, like, no, you're not supposed to be in this leadership role. Yeah, just as soon as you say no, somebody wants to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, sin is sort of that way, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Well, I mean, that's just a lot of a lot of personalities, too. When they say, no, you can't do that, that's not so bad, right? Well, and, and partly, my, I, I bristle a little bit at the construct, because we're saying, okay, can they? And should they? And I'm coming from the other side and saying, is God calling them to that? Or is that something they want to do? Because I want to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's calling. Mm-hmm. I want to be uh, uh, very sensitive to what God's doing among us. Mm-hmm. Because we can go back to the Old Testament and see a construct in the time of the judges where the men had sort of, you know, not listened to God and sort of put God on yeah. hold. And so Deborah is, ra- is raised as a judge, right. 
And she is given authority, even though she doesn't ask for it, doesn't want it. Right. She's given that role. And then when they have to go to battle, she sees what God wants to do. The guys won't listen to her. And Barak says, well, you'll have to go with us. I'm not going to take this bunch into battle without you going with us. And so Deborah prophesies, well, the victory is not going to be given to you. The victory is going to be given to a woman. And it was a woman who put the tent peg through the, through the leader of the, uh, the group that was against Israel. Yeah. So when you see that story flesh out, that story fleshes out because men just said, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do this. Right. You know, I'm not going to take that responsibility. I'm not going to put out that effort. And, and so Deborah rose to the top. And I'm, right. I'm saying, you know, and chastise me if you will, and you probably will, and that's all right. I think we have the same thing happening now. Right. That men who actually have a genuine call of the Spirit on their lives are saying, well, you know, that's not really as important as what I'm doing and the money I'm making, and so uh, let's just let the church do its thing, and I'm going to do mine, and I think that's what's happened to the church. Yeah. A lot of the pushback against the hierarchical structure where there's the male at, to- male at the top. Like I definitely understand the yuckiness of it, if I can say it that way. But it's hard to figure out a way to make it palatable because it is at the end of the day, if you're looking at the context of what God's word is, it, it's, it's very palatable. But I think a lot of it's just what's inside you. So... What's inside you that does makes you not like it? So I always try to find different analogies, right? So okay. it's like, okay, well, we're, you know, me, we're, we're a partnership. Let's say me and my wife, you know, we're a partnership. Um, you know, if, the, if, if God calls me to be the head of the household and you to be submissive, ooh, I don't like that. It's like, well, let's try an analogy. So if I'm the head, everything kind of starts here. Let's say, you know what? I'm the soil and the fertilizer. That fits me better anyways, right? I'm very fertilizer-ish. <laughs> And you are the beautiful flower. Sometimes that can be, you know, work if we're making a flower. If our job together is to produce a flower with seeds on it, right? If that's a goal, yes. Right? So there's the, so the starting point is here. This what grows from it. And then this is the fruit of, you know, what God has called us to do. But it, it's hard to find out, or it's hard to place a better analogy in there that makes it so that, it seems like the problem is is that you have to rely on somebody else, and that's that's and, not, or be or listen to somebody else. But I'm not sure the relationship is quite that top down. Okay, I guess I I look at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter five, and I know people's going to uh, this this <laughs> this uh, word used by Paul in Ephesians chapter five, uh, beginning in twenty one, submit. Is is often looked at pretty negatively. Oh yeah, yeah. You submit to me, <laughs> like that's going to happen. <laughs> and 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 so somebody comes into the house and says, "Wives, submit to your husbands." And we go, "Whoa, don't read that in church." Yeah. Well, but what we don't realize is, it's it's a word used in the military among the uh, Romans, and probably Paul's writing it using that word because he's got a guard right there with him. And he's yeah. realizing that the Roman 
military culture was very ordered. Okay. And so it says, position yourself under. I mean, that'd be a, a decent translation of the word. Position yourself under. So submit yourselves to your husband. Position yourself under your husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Mm-hmm. Now, as the church submits to Christ, which is probably a better analogy, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. What's interesting then, in that positioning then, it says, husbands, love your wives, and it uses the word for love, agape love, sacrificial love, yeah. that... that uh, Jesus emptied himself for us. I mean, all of his blood ran out for us. Uh, That's the same word. So husbands, bleed for your wives, if you will, just as Christ bled for the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, Mm -hmm. to draw her to himself. And then what's interesting is he caps this off by, you know, telling husbands to love their wives, and then he's asking the wives to respect their husbands. Mm-hmm. Now, if you talk about love languages, women understand sacrificial love. Oh, yeah. I mean, you and I, flowers are beautiful. Yeah, great stuff. Cool. But it really makes a difference whether you buy the flowers and have them all dolled up at the florist and bring them to your wife because you sacrificed good hard-earned green cash Mm -hmm. to to bring her this gift. And so she understands that kind of love. Women understand that kind of love. And men need to realize that we must give that kind of love to our wives. Wives need to start understanding that our language... huh? Oh, boy. The language of a man is respect. Yeah. What draws men in is respect. Yeah. And that's not something the church has given men. That's not something women in this in this time in history are giving men. Right. Now, you'd make the case that men need to deserve it. Oh yeah. And, and be, uh, be the kind of men that the Bible is calling us to be. But part of this, this uh, sexual revolution in the church is the fact that both sides need to live up to it. Yeah. If we call one side to live up to it and not the other side, it's not going to work. Right. It's got to be done hand in hand. And we're the, 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 the gender wars in the church should come to an end. Because the goal is being called forward in Christ. Yeah. And we're not looking for kingdom goals. Yeah. We're looking for positional goals. And that's not what the Bible calls us to. True. Now, what kind of trouble am I in now? Oh, I don't know. I was going to ask a little bit more, though. Okay. Well, just so the kind of the surrounding verse, the one that is used the most would be guess. Surrounding verse to what? Uh, For this topic, women in leadership, preaching. Oh, Paul would say women are to stay silent in the church. Yep. Which, First Timothy? Yeah. Okay. So that's the one I found. Um, looked up, you know, which is the most popular one used for this. And I think it's really interesting. So I found uh, two articles kind of on each side of the aisle of mm-hmm. this, right? And both of them 
both of them, both, both views of this are saying the same thing. Not, not the same thing. They're saying this phrase. You got to read the rest of the verse. Yeah, exactly. But what's funny is one of them calls the verse, the, the verses before and one of them calls the verses <laughs> after. Yeah. All right. So first Timothy chapter two, verse 12 says this. I thank God. I think 212, excuse me. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit any. That's that's 11. That was 11, yeah. And then 12 is, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. So someone says that, so the side that's saying that women are supposed to be in, or not supposed to be in a leadership role says, um, they rebuke the statement that that is just talking to a specific church by following it with the next two verses, which read 13. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. So that kind of calls the, like, no, even, he's even like saying, like, this is the command, and it's not just here. This is how it's always been mm-hmm. because of this reason. So the side that is saying, so now here's the other side. They're saying, like, he's saying that to that church, but look at the other things that are also being said. And so then I think that would be nine. I also want women to dress modestly and decently and propri- propriety. Not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with a good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. And even one before that. Let's throw that. If, if men everywhere lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. Yeah, yeah. like we do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's kind of interesting because, you know, we've talked about this, you know, when we're talking about like, uh, you know, uh, homosexuality and stuff like that when people get worked up over this one part and you look at the other, once you open it up and stop just reading one verse or one passage, it's like, well, yeah, you're also supposed to respect your parents. You're also supposed to this and this and this and this. And we're struggling with that a lot too. So it's, it's odd that we focus on one thing, right? Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. But we tend to do that because it makes us feel better. Mm -hmm. Uh, The, the truth is we could all confess that we've come short of the glory of God. Yeah of glorifying God enough, uh, we've all sinned. And I think probably that's going to be the key piece for Christian renewal is that we all lay it down and say, hey, we haven't got it right. We need to remake what the church is doing. We need to all bow before God and say, pour out your Holy Spirit new upon us. Yeah. And we will follow you. Yeah, I agree. Is there a way to wrap this up with a um, some kind something that makes this better to understand? If there's unease about this, I mean, I'm not sure. Do we even actually answer this question? So, if a woman close to you feels called into a formal position of leadership, do we? You you need to okay bathe it with prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit for clarity. Walk together with others, not only women, but with men, 
to discern that call and see where your gifts are, are lying. Yeah. Uh, do it, I guess, pray yourself. Pray in a small group of people who love you and support you and listen to you and, and then bring it to the next layer, layer to the church. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'd allow the Holy Spirit to work in all those layers, your own life, the life of your small group, and, and the life of your church. Yeah. And understand that, well, you know, maybe it's called to a specific ministry. Yeah. And, and maybe it will be public, but maybe not to the pulpit. Right. And, and be open to what God says rather than what culture right. would like to do. Yeah. Just because culture says something you really like, maybe don't just swallow it whole hog. Hug. Yeah, yeah. I, I would honestly yeah. say that would probably be a sp- part where I'd be more, even more skeptical. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people agreeing on something. Exactly. Look at it objectively. Yeah. Um, might not make any friends, but I think you've said that before. You know, you know. Sometimes speaking the truth is not popular. Right. Not peaceful. Well, at what point has ever bring, been bringing the truth forth been popular yeah i think all the prophets of the old testament would would echo that this is not a great job it's not popular uh we have a time coming in the future where prophets will come and uh speak a word that we're not gonna like it's not going to be popular yep yep will you pray us out can do that thank you heavenly father we thank you for your love and mercy that calls us forth We pray, Lord, that you would guide the church with your Holy Spirit to be your loving bride as you prepare her for the future. Lead us in your ways and guide us by your Spirit in every step of the way. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. I'll I'll do a quick shout out to all of the women that have brought me along in their spiritual journey. That's right. Um, yeah, I owe you so much. So yeah. Amen. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, we will see y'all next week. Lord willing. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you. And God bless.